Hi, this is David Stearman, and you're listening to my UP podcast. Today I want to talk about four things the blood of Jesus tells you, especially the last one. It's probably my fave, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. In Genesis 4.10, where God is speaking to Cain about killing his brother Abel, it says, The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Wow, the blood speaks. Well, the blood of Jesus speaks too, and it says better things about us than the blood of Abel. So here are four things that the blood of Jesus says about you. Number one, God's not mad at you. You know, somewhere through religious tradition, I guess, people get this idea that God is really mad at the world, that he's angry, and that he he just hates sinners and wants to kill them all. But you know, Romans 5.8 says something completely different. It says that God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So you see, Jesus shed his blood for us even while we still hated him. In Luke 2.14, when Jesus is coming to the earth the very first time, Christmas story, angels appear to announce to the shepherds what's going on. And the angels declare to the shepherds, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That God has goodwill toward men, toward all people. He wills, he wants good things for all of us. But you know, we know we're not worthy of those good things, at least in our own selves. But uh, there's an interesting parable that the minister Malcolm Smith told at one time. He's a Scottish guy. And so raising lambs, raising sheep is a big, big business in Scotland. And the sheep are usually born in about February, very cold weather. And he talks about helping a farmer because all these baby lambs were being born at the same time. And he tells about how one ewe had a stillborn lamb. Uh, Up the hill, a few minutes later, another ewe gave birth to two lambs. And so the farmer had an idea. He took the dead lamb up to the barn and he skinned it. And he took the skin and he tied it onto one of the living lambs. And he took that lamb back down and gave it to the mother who had lost her baby. She sniffed it. It smelled like her baby. And she began to nurse it. And there is a great parable in this. And that is that God also had a lamb and his lamb died. But we got his skin. We got his robe of righteousness so that to God we appear the same as the Lord Jesus. So God's not mad at us, because when he sees us, he sees us standing in the perfect righteousness of his only begotten Son. The second thing that the blood of Jesus tells you is that you are valuable. You know, 1 Corinthians 6.20 says you were bought with a price. You measure value by price, right? What someone is willing to pay for something. Now, you know, I used to have this guitar as a Martin D35 guitar. And the back of these types of guitars are made from Brazilian rosewood, best wood in the world for sound. And it has to be aged. This wood has to be aged a certain amount of time. So my guitar was made in 1969. And later that year, the factory that produced those wood backs burned down. 
and the value of all the Martin D35 guitars that were made before that factory burned down suddenly skyrocketed because they were made from the good wood, the aged wood that was no longer available. Now, at the time I acquired that guitar, it was worth about 500 bucks. They're worth more now, but that was what it was worth then. In fact, a few years later, I sold that guitar for 500 bucks. It was uh, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe like something like 10 years after that, that I was on an airplane and seated next to a guy who was evidently a guitar collector because he was reading a little thing like a newspaper about the value of various guitars at the current time. And I mentioned to him, Oh, you know, I used to have a pre-1969 Martin D35 guitar, and uh, it really sounded beautiful. And he said, pre-1969? Yeah, I said, pre-1969, I think I sold it for 500 bucks 10 years ago. He said, would you like to know what that guitar is worth now? Well, I was like, really, it has value? I said, yeah, sure, what? He flipped over and showed me two ads where people were selling that very same guitar that is pre-1969 Martin D35, and they were both priced at $35,000 each. I, I was jaw-dropped. I, I just was like, "Are you, you're kidding me, right? I mean, if I'd have held on to that guitar, I could sell it for $35,000 now? And he said, that's exactly right. That's what it's worth. Now you wonder, why was it suddenly worth that much? Well, it's because that's what people were willing to pay for it. That's how value is determined, by what people are willing to pay. Now I want to ask you something. What was God willing to pay for you? He was willing to pay his own son, Jesus Christ, the Holy One, to get you. What does that make you worth? And by the way, your value was not based on, is not based on your condition. For while we were yet sinners, right? While we were yet sinners, he died for us. There's another little story that kind of illustrates this. There was an Australian cowboy and he was riding through the outback and he stopped to get lunch along the side of the trail, you know, and he saw some strange little oval-shaped rocks laying beside the trail and he picked one of them up and he scratched it and rubbed it and uh, it, it was kind of unusual. It was sandstone. It was soft. And as he scraped into it, he began to see this blue, bright blue color on the inside. Turns out he took that stone to be assessed and found out that it was actually an opal. Now, no one knew that there were opals in Australia at that time. They were mostly found in Austria, and they were all that pinkish color that you're used to seeing. But apparently, Australian opals are different. They come in many colors, sometimes red, sometimes blue, sometimes black, and they are gorgeous. And they are very, very valuable. And it turns out that little rock that looked like nothing but an odd little pebble, kind of roundish pebble on the side of the trail, was very, very precious. And that's the deal with you. You are very, very precious. And it doesn't really matter whether you look normal, unimportant, insignificant. Your value is determined by the price that God was willing to pay for you. See, 1 Peter 1.18 says, You were not redeemed, that is purchased. You were not redeemed with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Christ. 
So that means you are precious. In Acts 20, 28, it says that we were purchased with his own blood. And you know from Leviticus that uh, the life of a creature is in the blood. So the life of Jesus was literally poured out to purchase you and that the life of Jesus is the most valuable thing in the world. What does that say about your value? The third thing that the blood of Jesus says about you is that you are loved. You know, John 3.16, so plain, it says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He so loved the world. God so loves us. Now, you know, actually, I went through an awkward period of time. This was back when I was a baby Christian. I was thinking about that verse, and I was thinking how God so loved the world, and I thought, yeah, God, I know you love the world and all, but I, I prayed to him. I said, God, do you really love me? I mean, what about David Stearman? What about me? Do you love me? It was shortly after that, later that week, as a matter of fact, that I went to a little prayer meeting at a girl named Sarah Lindley's house. As she was leading worship that day, she was playing this beautiful guitar. I'd never seen anything quite like it. The wood on the front and the back of it and all over was this dark, rich-looking wood. And wow, I looked at that guitar and I thought, wow. I really, oh, I would love to have that guitar. So there came a break period in the praise and worship, and I kind of raised my hand, and I said, Hey, Sarah, would you ever be interested in selling that guitar? And she said, Oh, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. And I, this is where I got a little manipulative, honestly. And I said, Well, you know, I lost my guitar recently, and uh, this was before the Martin D35 thing. I said, I lost my guitar recently and I really don't have a guitar now, so I'd really be interested in buying it. Now really, as I said before, I was just trying to manipulate her a little bit into doing it. But she finally just said, ah, you know, like I say, we'll see. And another guy in the back of the room raised up his hand and he said, Sarah, I'd like to buy that guitar from you. Oh, was I mad. I mean, now it's going to be a bidding war, right? And now this guy was going to try to take the guitar that I needed. Well, the praise and worship started again and the whole meeting took place. And at the end, before I could even think, this guy, his name was John Fitzgerald. He was up there standing by her and they were shaking hands and she had made the deal with him. He had bought the guitar. But the next thing shocked me. He walked back and he brought the guitar and handed it to me and he goes, here you go, David, it's yours. I mean, this guy paid his own money and bought this guitar so he could give it to me. Wow, was I happy. I was happy for several days until I started feeling really guilty again and thinking, man, I can't let this guy do that. And I saw him a few nights later. I was at Oral Roberts University student and I was on the campus and I saw him at another prayer meeting and I stopped him and I said, John, John, I can't let you give me this guitar, you bought it with your own money. And he stepped back like I was poisonous. And he said, oh no, I'd never take that guitar back. He said, God told me to give that guitar to you. And God told me to tell you something, that he was giving you that guitar because he loves you. I think that's the moment when I began to really realize that John 3.16 was about me. And it's about you. God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. Well, the fourth 
thing that the blood of Jesus tells me is that God would do anything for me and God would do anything for you. Say it to yourself, God would do anything for me. This again took place when I was a really young Christian, but I remember I used to beg God in prayer. I used to, you know, when I'd go to God for something, I'd go, oh, please, God, you got to do this. You really got to do this. So as if I could really make him feel enough pity toward me, he might do it. And one day I was praying like that and just begging God to do something for me. I don't remember what it was even. All I remember was when I quit praying and I walked out the door, I literally heard the voice of God in my spirit saying, David, I'd do anything for you. And of course, I thought that couldn't be God. What was that? The devil? And uh, then I remembered Romans 8.32. And it says this, He who did not spare his own son, how shall he not freely with him give us all things? God loves us so much that he spared not his own son. Do you not think he will give you anything? It's the truth. God would do anything for you. And Jesus himself says this many times in Scripture. John 14, 14 is a notable instance. He says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Well, that is pretty plain and simple, isn't it? Well, you might think, what if I ask for something bad, something evil? Well, apparently Jesus wasn't too worried about you doing that or he would never have made this promise. This promise was made to believers people who have made him the Lord of their lives. He knows your heart and trusts you. In Matthew 21, 25, he said, All things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. So take the prayer of your heart to him. Nothing is too difficult. He's never going to say, Oh, that's too much. That's only for our paid subscribers. He's already paid for it. And he's a God of miracles. So ask him. Believe him. Stand on it, because the cross of Christ proves it. God would do anything for you. David Stearman Ministries is a missionary ministry. We take the good news of Jesus wherever we can, from the jungles of South America to Mexico to the Philippines, over the European continent and places beyond. And we'd love it if you'd partner with us in this task. If you'd like to help, you can give to David Stearman Ministries via PayPal or just text GIVE to 513-296-8810 and enter the amount you'd like to sow. That's it. And thanks so much for helping us help others.